you are a high school grad, we want you to stand now <laughs> and, and stay standing. All right, let's uh, give these guys a hand. Congratulations to you all. May God bless you going forward. And uh, stay standing now. Uh, I learned this from Pastor Bob. Um, what we want you high school grads now to do is turn around and clap to your parents. They're the ones that got you here. There you all right. Lord bless you. Scripture reading today is very short and simple. That's our last installment of Psalm 23, verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will talk about that. But uh, again, this being uh, Family Worship Sunday, we're going to have Children's Church, and Sarah is going to lead us. So kids, uh, King's kids come up. And Awesome Arrows can come up. So if your child is an Awesome Arrows age, we'd like at least one of the parents to come up so that they don't uh, lose control. Good morning, you guys. So the... Grown-ups in church have all been talking about what? Do you guys remember? We talked about it last time we had Family Worship Sunday. Think way back. I told you about a story I had when I was in college, a job I had. Swear. You told us about sheep. Yes, I did tell you about sheep. Do we remember what part of the Bible we've been talking about? If you think, if you were here last week, your teacher's in your classrooms, probably read it with you. Do you remember? I think it was Acts. Oh, Acts is, is in the New Testament. We talked about Acts on Wednesday nights. We've been talking, the grown-ups have been talking about Psalm 23. David, who fought Goliath, who was a shepherd, wrote this about God's love for us. In it, remember, the sheep are kind of dumb difficult to take care of. In this poem or song, what are we like? Are we like the shepherd or are we like the, yes. We're like the sheep. You've got right. it. Okay, so I'm going to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible and this will sound familiar to you. God is my shepherd and I am his little lamb. He feeds me, he guides me, he looks after me. I have everything I need. Inside my heart is very quiet. As quiet as lying still in a soft green grass in a meadow by a little stream. Even when I walk through the dark, scary, lonely places, I won't be afraid because my shepherd knows where I am. He's here with me. He keeps me safe. He rescues me. He makes me strong and brave. He's getting wonderful things ready for me, especially for me. Everything I ever dreamed of. He fills my heart 
so full of happiness, I can't hold it inside. Wherever I go, I know God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love will go too. That's a pretty big deal. Wherever you go, whatever you need, he has for you. So when I was a kid, on Saturdays, we'd have to do some work sometime. Do you guys have to do that? Like chores or like rake. What do you guys have to do on days when you're at home with your parents and you feel kind of like, ugh? What do you have to do, Corlin? Chores. Chores. <laughs> if you haven't answered and you want to answer, you can raise your hand. What do you do? I always, I always like to really clean up so I have lots and lots of money. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So when you're doing all this hard work and you feel like, Ugh, do my parents even care about me? That's how I used to feel. We would have to like fold our laundry and rake the yard and weed the garden and water the plants. And then my dad would take us into the garage and there were a lot of girls and he would like show me some stuff on the car that I didn't really care about and I didn't want to do it. And all day long I was thinking, my dad does not care about me. And I'd be kind of cranky in my heart. But what do we know about dads? Do they care about us? Yes. yes, they do. And then at the end of the day, my dad would say to me, get in the car. Sarah, go get your sisters. How do you think my heart was? Was I thinking, my dad wants something good for me. He has a good plan. Or was I thinking, oh, now we have to go to the store. Probably have to look at a lot of stuff. What do you think I was thinking? have to, I like cleaning up, and that's, that's how I got my toy. Oh, you earned that toy cleaning up? Sweet. I did not like cleaning up and had a bad attitude. And <laughs> um, my dad would say, okay, get in the car, let's go. And we would have a bad attitude because we would think all my dad cares about is work. But guess where? A lot of times my dad would end up taking us. Park's a good idea. He would take us to Dairy Queen. And we didn't know that he had a good plan for us. It seemed like we just had to do work and things that we didn't want to do. But he had a good plan for us. One, to grow us into grown-ups who could do right things. But two, he wanted to celebrate and live with us. Jesus tells us the same thing when he's talking to his disciples. In He says, which of you... When your son asks for bread, we'll give him a... You guys know this verse? Which of you, when your son asks for bread, will give him a... What is it? Rock. Would your dad give you a rock when you were hungry? No. Okay. Or if he asks for fish, would give him a... What are these? Snakes. Do you want a snake for supper? No. No, I don't either. God is the same as good dads. He's actually better than a good dad. And that's what David's talking about in the psalm when he says, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That shepherd worked hard taking care of sheep. And that's how God loves us. Okay, let's pray, you guys. All right, let's close our eyes and close our mouths. Father God, we thank you that you love us bigger and better than we can even imagine. 
thank you that your love isn't something that we can understand. We thank you on the days when we feel like all we have to do is the boring work, that you have a good plan for us. In your name, amen. As the kids are taking their seats, I just want to say thank you to um, all of the like many, many volunteers. You guys can go sit down. Um, who have worked with me in children's ministry. Um, it's just been a few short months that I've been leading, um, nine I counted this morning, and it's been such a blessing to me to work with these little ones, but also to see the commitment of our church family to them and um, introducing them to Jesus. So thank you so much. Um, over the summer, we'll have our Awesome Arrows and Nursery open um, if you're interested in volunteering for that, you can definitely let me know. And then on Family Worship Sundays, we'll all be together like usual. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Before we get to the message, this is, again, one of the perks of being a pastor here. Uh, my youngest daughter... Lucy had their fifth child a little over a week ago, and we, her name is Raleigh Rose Crary. We've got a few pictures to show you. This is Raleigh Rose shortly after delivery. Next one, there's the proud papa. Next one, there she is all dressed up. And next one... There's the family at the hospital, and I don't know who that is. Proud grandparents, and then lastly, that's the four older brothers with their little baby sister. So she was a day, she came a day after her supposed due date, there's no baby that's ever late anyway. But anyway, uh, Lucy, didn't, Lucy was fine. She would have had the fifth boy or girl. She never said much about it. Though Gene and I and maybe some of you were praying. And so what we think is we prayed so hard that that last day we got switched. And so we got the <laughs> girl. Anyway, uh, for now we have uh, 12 grandsons and 12 granddaughters. They're all 12 and under. So, at least until November when our 12-year-old is going to turn 13. So, that was fun. Do you want to see some home videos now? No? I got hours and hours I could show you. Well, as you know, we've been slowly and deliberately making our way through Psalm 23, the most well-known of the Psalms. This is our last Sunday in Psalm 23. Last week, Jason Wood shared very ably on the phrase, my cup overflows and prepare a table for me, the presence of my enemies. Before that, Taylor shared about God's rod and staff, how they comfort us. Three weeks ago, I shared uh, about in the darkest valley, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I spoke about the last words of saints and sinners, and there's actually a book compiled uh, of last words of saints and sinners, and I shared some of those f with you. 
And I told you that I would share the last word, the last single word that my, one of my older brothers spoke in February of this year before he graduated to heaven. And I'll get to that word shortly. You can think about what that might be. But I did leave out the, one of the last words of a very important person. That was Jesus himself. And of the last seven words that Jesus Christ spoke, this one I'm referring to is actually his second to last. And his very last word of that group was the word finished. The last words he ever uttered were, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But before that he said, it is finished. The work of salvation is finished. We can add nothing to it. All that is left is for us to receive him, to believe in him. If there's any that haven't done that yet that are here today or listening online, your part is to receive him. He has finished the work. You can do nothing. You can add nothing to it. None of your works are good enough. Jesus did it all. Today we're going to focus on that last verse of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as you may remember, we've been referencing, uh, when we shared from Psalm 23, a book by Philip Keller, a shepherd, looks at the 23rd Psalm. Several times, as I, I read through the whole thing, several times Philip Keller references his wife, who, after a long battle with cancer, passed away. He wrote about his wife's passing in connection with verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And he also wrote about her passing in connection with our verse here today, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as I promised a few weeks ago, I'm going to speak today about this psalm, in connection with the passing of my dad and my mom and my brother Dave. Talk about their forever. Again, my brother Davey passed away on February 15th of this year. First, we're going to talk about my dad. This isn't just going to be me sharing about my family. There's going to be a couple lessons for all of us in this. I want to talk about my dad and his forever, and then talk about my mom and her forever, and then we'll talk about my brother Dave. My dad died 10 years ago at the age of 91. He was in a nursing home in New York State. Of course, I was here at that time. Gene and I, we had the privilege of leading him to Christ 11 years earlier at age 80. And I then baptized him a year after that when he came to visit us Again, the next year. Here's a picture of my dad on the day of his salvation. That's that good old Bad Medicine Lake. Gene and I took him there for the day. It was a cold, cool October day. Started a, we started a fire, I think, in the beach house. And it was a cool day. We, and as we were talking in the beach house, I was, re, I was sharing with him about how we were able to lead Gene's dad to Christ not long, well, some years before that. And he said, I want to do that. And we said, no, you can't. It blew us away. And so we led him in prayer of salvation, shared the gospel with him. And here's a picture of him getting baptized 
a year later here in Grand Forks when he came to visit again. On the morning of my dad's death, I knew it was soon to come. I phoned his room and his, he was in a nursing home. His wife's sister was watching over him. He wasn't able to communicate, but she put the phone to his ear and I told him that I loved him. I said goodbye to him and I recited Psalm 23 to him. I don't know if he heard me. I don't know if he understood what I said, but he passed on to heaven a couple, year, a couple hours later. Folks, there's no comfort like that of knowing that a loved one is in heaven. It's an absolute bomb to the soul. Death is so final. To know that my dad is in heaven is a great comfort to me. Question number one, do you have 100% assurance in your own soul that you'll be in heaven? Here's another question. What about your loved ones? What about your family members? What about your mom and dad? What about close family members, aunts, uncles, friends, relatives? Will they be in heaven? I hope you're praying for them. Pray for them and don't stop praying for them. And don't stop seeking opportunities to serve them and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them till they come to church, till they come to Christ, not come to church. Yeah, coming to church, that will save you. So I used to pray this many, many times over and over again. Lord, I don't want to see my dad's cold body in the casket without knowing that he's in heaven with you. God answered that prayer. And now my mom. My mom died nine years ago in the hospital in Valley City, North Dakota. She likewise had come to trust Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And here's a few little personal tidbits about my mom. She grew up during the Depression in Minneapolis. She was the third of 13 children. And she had a fairly rough life, fairly rough upbringing during the Depression, and her father made life difficult, more difficult than it should have been for the family. She married my dad, John, and then she had five clueless sons. I was the fifth clueless son, so life got harder for her. After over 30 years of marriage, my dad divorced my mom. He left her and he moved back to northern New York where he'd been raised. He got married, remarried there. He married a former, remarried a, a former high school classmate and he lived out his years there in northern New York. 30 plus years he was married to his new wife. And she actually was a very sweet woman, very wonderful woman, knew Christ as well, or came to know Christ. But, for, but my mom then, was she was alone for those 30 plus years, lived alone over 30 years, after over 30 years of marriage. For many of those 30 years, my mom was very bitter towards my dad. Very bitter towards my dad. And her bitterness uh, extended to me, if I would fly out to New York to visit my dad or if he flew here into Winnipeg and I'd come up and pick him up and, and bring him back to Grand Forks, 
She made it very clear she wasn't happy with me and with us. But along the line, she came to Christ. I led her in the sinner's prayer. She also went forward at a Billy Graham crusade in Fargo twice, just to be sure. And after she went up and she reported to us afterwards, well, I don't know why everybody else around me didn't go up. They should have gone up too. Her favorite verse was 1 John 5.13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That verse is on her gravestone. Pull that one up. I have written these things to you who believe in Jesus so you may know you have eternal life. That's my own little version I put in there. So that is on her gravestone. She's buried in Valley City. And I want to, you put up Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give, also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. When God's Spirit comes into us upon our salvation, change begins to occur from the inside out. I'm not the person I was when I came to Christ. I'm not, I'm not the man that my wife married. Praise the Lord for that. Things change for the better. Here's an example of how that took place with my mom. All the connection with <coughs> my dad's and her deaths. Remember now, my mom had been very bitter towards my dad for leaving her after over 30 years of marriage. Her bitterness spilled over to us and others. And here's the lesson, folks. Bitterness always does that. Bitterness towards one person always spills out to other people. It's never just confined to that one person. Hebrew 12, 15 says lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Do you see that? Remember that bitterness towards one person always bleeds over to other relationships. Always, always. In fact, it bleeds over to every relationship. Every relationship. But God did a work in my mom's life God's Spirit, Romans 8, 11, God's Spirit living in my mom gradually brought her to the point of forgiveness toward my dad. And this was the crowning evidence of that. My dad died a year before my mom. My mom, again, was in Valley City. And when I visited her, I told my mom that he had passed away. And here's what she said. He was a good man. He was a good man. A year later, my mom was also facing death. Here's more of her uh, story. For approximately the last week of her life, she was in the hospital. She knew she was dying. Every time I visited her during that week, I would recite Psalm 23 to her. And remember, my mom's mom could recite Psalm 23 in English as well as Czech. She was full Czech, Czechoslovakian. And I would also have my mom recite her favorite verse, 1 John 5, 13. These things I've written you to believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. 
Remember, my mom lived through some really tough times during depression, difficult family life, five clueless sons, et cetera, et cetera. So during one of my last visits with my mom, I asked her uh, two questions. I said to her, number one, Mom, was your life mostly happy or mostly sad? And she answered, it was just, it was just a whisper. She could barely talk. It was just a whisper, and she said, mostly happy. And I asked her, what was the happiest part of your life? And then she whispered, being married to John. Isn't that sweet? Do you see that? God did a wonderful work of redemption and forgiveness in my mom. Her, she felt the best years of her life for being married to my dad, who after 30 years left her. She was ready to go home to heaven. Here's her gravestone again, Valley City. And then now on to my brother Dave and a couple of lessons from that. Can you guess what the last word was that he spoke here on earth? Can you guess what that was? Upon his salvation seven years ago, he completely changed. He completely changed from the inside out. He welcomed our prayers. He prayed with us. He welcomed the reading of the Bible. He would read it himself. Gene and I would call him every day. And we, also, we often would have, have him recite Psalm 23 to us. And we'd pray with him over the phone. He would pray back. Here's a couple of pictures of my older brother Dave and Gene and I. Next one. And uh, his last couple of years, he was in, a nurse, in the nursing home in Valley City. And for the last six months of his uh, life, it was clear that he was failing. On Saturday, February 11th, the day after our couple's uh, retreat, couple's night out, I visited him. He was barely coherent barely even able to whisper. He wasn't able to eat or drink. If I tried to give him a little yogurt or water, he would cough it up, choked on it. I thought he might go right there. I stopped giving him yogurt, stopped giving him water to drink. But he did grip my hand, at least gently, when I held his. Then I recited Psalm 23 to him, and of course he had that pretty much memorized, and I would let him finish the phrases, and he would finish them just in a whisper. It went like this. I would say, the Lord is my, he would whisper, whisper, shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now you know what his last word was on this earth forever. Shortly after that, he released his fragile grip on my hand. He drifted off, and he never spoke another word nor gripped another hand. The last word he spoke on this earth, we whispered it, was forever. Gene and I visited him a couple days later, and he was unresponsive, uh, but still alive. We spoke to him. We told him how much we loved him. We shared how much he meant to us and our children. We prayed with him, and of course, I recited Psalm 23 to him. He passed on to heaven two days after that on February 15th of this year. His funeral was, funeral was on February 18th. I prayed the same prayer for him that I prayed for my dad. Lord, don't let me see his cold body in a casket without knowing that he's in heaven with you. God answered that prayer. And G and I were just down to Valley City on Friday for his burial. Couldn't bury him in February. We had his burial on Friday. And here's a picture of what his gravestone is, is uh, going to look like. It's not there yet. It's going to be made. But uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A little recap here in Psalm 23, verse 6 again. King David had this assurance in his life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We have that same assurance. For my whole life, God's goodness and mercy is going to follow after me. So, if you remember this, when Pastor Pat gets back, and when he asks you how you're doing, rather than say, fine, you can say, goodness and mercy are following me. Goodness and mercy are following me. And then we have this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever is the last word of Psalm 23. It's also the last word that my brother Dave uttered on earth. The psalmist knew for sure where he was going. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He didn't say, I think I will. I hope I will. If things just turn out right, I sure hope I will. No, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So two questions again. Number one, where will you spend your forever do you know for sure you're going to be in heaven when you die? Where will you spend your forever? And then number two, the, for those around you, where, where will your loved ones, your friends, your co-workers, your classmates, your neighbors, where will they spend their forever? Pray for them. Look for opportunities to share with them, lead them to Christ. We're going to share communion now, and again, when we share communion, if you're in Christ, you're welcome to come forward and, and uh, participate if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. But pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise of your scriptures. We thank you for the promise of that verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a comfort for our souls, for ourselves and those around us that we know know you as well. We thank you for Jesus Christ. It's all because of him, his work on the cross, and he said it is finished. And all we do is take this cup freely. The cup that was bitter to him is sweet to us. We thank you in Jesus' name.